0: Rocky 3 saw Rocky regain his eye of the tiger and maintain his stance as the world heavyweight champion. Rocky 3 is one of those, it's not over until I say it's over kind of movies. Let's go to Cobb's Corner. Welcome back to Cobb's Corner. I'm your host, Morgan Cobb's. Rocky III is the third film in the Rocky franchise, and it gave us one of the greatest sports anthems of all time, "Eye of the Tiger" by Survivor. So, without any further ado, we're just gonna jump right into it. Uh, like Rocky II, now this film starts off where the last one ended. Rocky is now the world heavyweight champion, and he has gotten so much money and endorsements and fame from defeating Apollo Creed after their rematch at the end of in in, in Rocky II. Rocky has now defended his title numerous times by fighting various fighters from all over the world who weren't really in their primes. The opening scene of this movie parallels Rocky with a newcomer, Clubber Lang, played by Mr. T, who, if I'm not mistaken, made his acting debut in this film. Uh, Clubber Lang is the top contender for the World Heavyweight Championship, and he is the highest ranked boxer in his division. After winning one of his fights, He says how he wants balboa he even points to rocky's trainer mickey who's in the audience and says i want balboa i want balboa meanwhile rocky has now moved into a nicer house and everything's going well for him and his family you know he's got you know he's married married adrian and they've got their son rocky jr he's now a bit older And the question of whether or not he should retire or try to maintain his heavyweight championship is called into question by sports critics and the general public at large. The city of Philadelphia unveils a statue in honor of Rocky. This is a real-life tourist attraction in the city of Philadelphia. You best believe I will be visiting this statue at some point. Stay tuned on my Instagram, Cobb's Corner Podcast. I will definitely be visiting this statue at least once or twice in my life uh, during the ceremony Rocky steps up to the microphone and thanks everyone for coming to the unveiling of the statue and he thanks everyone for all the love and support that he's gotten over the years he mentions how now maybe that you know he's at the top maybe right now is the best time for him to step down and, and retire from this position as world heavyweight champion the crowd disagrees with him and says like oh no Rocky you can't retire they encourage him to keep boxing and just then, Clubber Lang shows up and calls out Rocky and asks why he's been ducking him. Um, Clubber challenges Rocky for his heavyweight title, and a slight altercation ensues. But the match was, was set, or the spark spark was lit. And Rocky tells Mickey how he wants to fight Clubber Lang. Uh, Mickey is initially opposed to Rocky's uh, decision and says how Rocky says how Rocky will fight. Uh, Clubber Lang without Mickey's help. he He's initially opposed to training Rocky. Um, so back at Rocky's house, uh, which Mickey has actually moved in with Rocky now. So back at Rocky's house, uh, Mick admits to Rocky how Rocky had to defend his title against handpicked fighters who Mick felt could easily be knocked out. You know, Mickey felt that he needed to keep Rocky winning, keep his spirits up. None of those fighters were at the top of their division, in their prime. Mick even says how the worst thing happened to Rocky that could have happened to any fighter. He got civilized. He settled down. He married. He has a family now. Mick says that retirement isn't such a bad idea. Presidents retire. Teachers retire. Uh, After a little bit back and forth with Rocky, Mick finally agrees to train Rocky for what is to be his final uh, titular defense. This is his last time Defending his title as world heavyweight champion, win or lose. Being that this is Rocky's final fight, and he's now upgraded his lifestyle after becoming the champion, he decides to rent out what looks like part of a hotel and train in the public eye. While while his friend Paulie sells merchandise, and you know, being and and he's also accompanied by a live band as he you know trains publicly, and he's got all these people around and. Mickey is opposed to that, you know, is opposed to Rocky training in public like that and prefers, you know, his boxing gym in Philadelphia. Nevertheless, Rocky trains for the fight and the night arrives. Before the fight, Rocky is met by Clubber Lang on his way to the ring, and you know, Lang is constantly antagonizing Rocky and even pushes Mickey off to the side, causing Mickey to have what looks like a heart attack, I think, you know, he even, you know, gives Mick Mick a heart attack. So Mick is injured now, and Rocky takes Mick back into the locker room as they are sworn by the press, and Rocky yells for them to get a doctor. So Mickey is unable to be in Rocky's corner during his final fight. Um, The reality is that Rocky didn't even train as hard for this fight as he has trained for previous fights in the past. Before the fight, um, Apollo Creed, He's there, I guess, as a spectator. You know, he's with the announcers. He goes into the ring and he kind of wishes both of the both Rocky and uh, Clubber Lang. You know, he kind of says, you know, good luck to both of them. He visits the ring and Lang says how he's next after Rocky. Apollo goes over to Rocky, Rocky's corner, and tells Rocky to just knock this guy out. The fight starts and it's a lot of back and forth between Balboa and Lang. The crowd is clearly on Rocky's side, and the ring even has a stallion design on the mat in Rocky's signature black and yellow color scheme. The fight is over pretty quickly, and Lang wins uh, by knockout. After being knocked out by Lang and losing his heavyweight title, Rocky rushes over to his trainer, Mickey, who, as I said earlier, has had a heart attack while at Mickey's bedside. Rocky says how he lost, and it's all over now. Nicky passes away with tears in his eyes as Rocky cries in mourning, mourning the death of his trainer. They have a whole uh, funeral for Mick as well. Rocky then goes to Mickey's gym to train, and he's approached by none other than Apollo Creed. Creed tells Rocky how when they fought, he had the edge. He had that eye of the tiger. And he's lost it over the years. He's got to get that eye of the tiger back. And the way to get it back is to go back to the beginning. So now that Clubber Lang is the world heavyweight champion, some of Rocky's fans are saying that there should be a rematch with Clubber Lang. There's even one news anchor who says how Rocky was a fine champion, but his time has passed. And it's unlikely that he can make a comeback in boxing at the age of 34. Apollo agrees to train Rocky for his rematch with with Lang. And they all head to Los Angeles. Apollo takes Rocky to the gym where he started out training in Los Angeles. Uh, Another callback to Rocky, to Rocky, uh, to Apollo telling Rocky that he has to go back to the beginning. Like you know, Apollo takes Rocky to the gym that he started at. He started training at, and he even he even uh, enlists the help of his trainer Duke. You know, Duke, who says, "You know, I'm glad to be working with you. I'm tired of working against you." Um, Apollo tries to train Rocky to move on the balls of his feet which is a challenge for Rocky initially. Rocky even tries uh, swimming and running on the beach. You know, Rocky has just been very difficult to train given that he's afraid of losing to Clever Lang and he's got more to lose now. He's got his wife, he's got his son. He's got more to lose, you know, if he, you know, God forbid anything happens to him in the ring. And he's only ever fought boxers who weren't in their prime. Uh, you know, one night when Rocky and Apollo were sparring, Rocky can't even keep his hands up to, to defend himself. He even says how they should just continue sparring tomorrow. At this point, Apollo is just very frustrated and at his wit's end with Rocky as he yells, there is no tomorrow. There is no tomorrow. And this quote resonates with Rocky so much. You know, it replays in his mind that you know Apollo's saying there is no tomorrow, that the next day, he wakes up and he trains hard and he starts giving it hundred percent. And, you know, the next day Rocky uh, begins to train seriously, leading to another amazing training montage where we see Rocky running out on the beach. We see him swimming. We see him sparring and really just giving it his all and having fun while doing it. Uh, the montage ends with, you know, him and Apollo running on the beach at the end. At the end of their race, they both run into the water um you know anyway fight night arrives and you know rocky shows up to to the match with apollo in his corner and rocky actually looks leaner like he's actually lost he's actually put on some muscle and he's lost some weight he's lost some body fat he looks lean you know he's he's you know fast now and so but you know clubber lang you know still keeps on antagonizing them and you know, keeps on saying that Rocky's, you know, he's old, he's gonna lose, and you know. So the the match begins, and match begins, and uh, it's a lot of, you know, back and forth between Rocky and Clubber Lang. Even though Rocky is clearly in better shape, as the as the fight goes on from round to round, there's one there's one fight where there's one point in the fight where where Clever Lang just keeps on, you know, punching Rocky and he keeps on, you know, punching and Rocky's like taking hits, but he's <laughs> really at the end of the day, Clever Lang's just like wasting all of his energy. He's wasting all his energy, all his energy on these punches. And then Rocky's and Rocky's one antagonizing him. It's like, come on, knock me out. It's like, come on, you ain't so bad. Come on, <laughs> like, come on, you ain't, you ain't so bad. Come on, knock me out, knock me out. So yeah, <laughs> really nice, nice way of like turning the tide. And, you know, it comes to the point where like Clever Lang, he's tired, he's winded. And then after a few rounds of, you know, Rocky antagonizing him, then he finally, you know, punches back. And then Rocky, you know, Rocky finally like turns the tide. He punches back and Clever Lang, he has like no energy left to even defend himself. And Lang gets knocked down. He's down for the count. He's knocked out. And Rocky is once again the heavyweight champion of the world, and once again, the heavyweight champion of the world. His wife, Adrian, runs into the ring, and you know, hugs him. And then we get this really great shot of him, just one, just one arm in the air, as a, showing, showing a sign, a sign of victory, a sign of "I won." But that's not the end of the movie. Uh, the movie ends with Rocky and Apollo. At Mickey's gym, no cameras, no press, you know, just behind closed doors, just for old time's sake, the two of them battling it out, (laughs) which we don't actually get to see. You know, we, we, we see how, you know, their former rivals who are now really good, really good friends. You know, Apollo, he trained Rocky, he helped him get his title back. The same title that Rocky took from Apollo, to begin with. So now they're just for fun, off the record. They're just, uh, I guess, having a third fight. I guess um, you know, and they even like they even share some uh, friend friendly uh, friendly banter before beforehand. You know, Rocky allows Apollo to go into the <laughs> ring first, said, you know, age before beauty. And uh, you know, um Apollo says like, you fight great, I'm a great fighter. He's like, I've taught you almost everything, not everything, almost everything, stallion. And you know, Apollo even says, you know, you know, Sam, you know something, stallion? It's too bad we gotta get old. You know? To which Rocky says, ah, eh, just keep punching Apollo. You know, apollo rings the bell they got the mouth guards in and the fight starts but just then we get the last get the last shot of you know rocky throwing the first punch and the camera and the uh i guess free, freeze frame yeah yeah free freeze frame of the the, the last shot sorry i kind of lost lost the word there for a second and then I Have the Tiger by Survivor plays as the credits roll, bringing bringing the third entry in the Rocky franchise to a close. So Rocky Three, you know, um, at this point, Rocky is you know not past his prime but he's a bit older you know i mean a lot a lot of athletes you know especially like like football players you know most of them you're lucky if you are able to retire at 40. you know most of them are starting are starting to plan what's the second act by the time they hit like 35 36 30, 38 years old it's like well i can't do this forever and, and yeah, that that is the reality, like even like for Rocky, you know, he's not going to be able to do this forever. But Rocky 3 is sort of, it's a movie that follows the theme of bouncing back and choosing when to retire. You know, learning to, you know, move on, closing one chapter of your life and opening up the next chapter, but doing it on your terms and when you say it's time to move on you know Rocky after he's won all of these um heavyweight championship titles you know he's won the title and then defended it all these different times and now all of a sudden a new a newcomer comes around and you know now he's got to actually train harder than he's ever trained before and get his edge back. You know, and and get into you know the get into the best shape of his life. You know, later on in his career. Get into, you know, just as good of a shape as he was in the first Rocky film, if not better shape than before. But uh yeah, this movie is definitely a a a movie that's kind of similar to Cars 3, sort of, I mean, for all the, you know, Pixar fans listening. Um, Yeah, it's one of those I retire when I say I retire movies, and it's definitely a theme that you can see with, like, professional athletes. Like, recently, uh, Tom Brady announced that he's retiring, Uh, but he had been kind (laughs) of teasing us, like, whether or not he was going to retire or not, you know, but, um, you know, Rocky 3 is that theme of moving on on your own terms and giving it your all 100%, whether if it's your first time or your last time, giving it 100% every single time. And moving on on your own uh, divine timing. Well on, on on your own on, on your on your own terms I, I should say. With your with your timing, not anyone else's. So I guess the main impact Rocky and Apollo are now comrades, former rivals who are now uh, comrades and Rocky has become world champion, he has lost his title and regained his title as heavyweight champion of the world and he's moved into a bigger house he's got more money now and then yeah you know i mean uh you know rocky he's in a in a good place now in life you know in, in life he's he's in he's in a he's in a good place now and we will see where his boxing career takes him in the next film but all in all we know that Rocky is not retiring until he says that he will retire next week we will see where his we, we will see where his uh, boxing career takes him you know for the, the next um, the next boxing adventure we will talk about that next week, Rocky 4. But for now, on to the current nerd news. So, you um, know, in, in the in the nerd verse, in the world of uh, you know pop culture, um, last week the Fast X trailer, well, I'm actually recording this episode on Uh, February 10th. I realized this episode airs on February 17th so actually today as of the time of the timing of this recording the Fast X uh, trailer uh, dropped today and now I am personally a huge 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 fan of the Fast and Furious franchise. I will definitely be reviewing all nine of the Fast and Furious movies in time for Fast X. So look forward to that. You know, this 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 movie. Um you guys definitely should go and check out the trailer if you have not already. Uh I think this movie is definitely gonna be probably the biggest Fast and Furious movie yet. And i'm i'm just really excited to see how the story ends i i believe that well i believe in endings i believe in second acts which was kind of even touched on in today's movie but yeah I, I believe i believe in second acts i believe that life is too short to just do one role your entire life And i think a lot of times with these franchises you get stuck with doing one role and there's no real like end in sight and you only really get to know and as an actor you only get to be known for one thing and you know for Vin Diesel maybe it's uh Dominic Toretto he'll always be remembered as Dominic Toretto but he's also done other movies and so you know I, I definitely think that it's a great franchise the recurring theme of family I like what they've done with the franchise uh, especially after F9 you know bringing back Han bringing back Mia so I love Hobbs and Shaw, you know, Hobbs and Shaw 2 is in, in the works as well. So I think they're gonna leave the window open for uh, different spin-offs and you know spin-offs and like side stories, that sort of thing. And expanding the mythology of the Fast and Furious uh, universe. And yeah, I mean Fast X, I think this is gonna be part one. It's the beginning of the end of the road for the franchise. And I think such an amazing franchise. It deserves a larger than life finale, you know, grand finale. So I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. So, so yeah, that's, um, fast X. And next week, well, the, the day that this podcast airs, um, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania will be hitting theaters. And it will be the kickoff of phase five. I'm excited for this movie. I'm excited to see where they're able to go um, with, with this movie. Like by the by the time that this episode airs, I will have already seen the, the movie Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. And I mean, Jonathan Majors, Kang the Conqueror, he's gonna be the new big bad. Uh, There really is just no limit. I I think with with Marvel, phase four was a bit of a mixed bag. You know, it had kind of a shaky start, you know, kind of coming out of Endgame and coming out of the Infinity Saga and then moving forward in the multiverse saga. So I'm hopeful for the the future of, of the MCU. I mean, not just Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, which will be the last Ant-Man movie, but also Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, and still to come later this year, The Marvels. So I think Marvel's got a fun and exciting uh, future ahead, and I mentioned last week about the DCU and how James Gunn is going to reset the DC, DC Extended Universe or DC Universe and you know, so um, it's just an all-around really exciting, <laughs> exciting time uh, to be a, a fan of action movies. in you know, Marvel, DC—they've got promising futures. Mandalorian season three is coming March first, so definitely looking out for that. If you guys haven't already, go check out our friends over at Star Wars podcast. You know, they talk about all things Star Wars and I'll cover more Star Wars content in the in the near future but but yeah I mean I guess that's that's all I got for the nerd verse so to speak <laughs> I know um, uh, Valentine's Day had has uh, just passed and I'd like to know from everyone, like, what are your picks? What are your like go-to Valentine's Day movies? Uh, For me, I'll usually now being that it's Valentine's Valentine's Day is in February, which is also Black History Month, which I'll get to in a minute. For me, it's uh, I usually watch "Always Be My Maybe" on Netflix with um, Ali Wong and Randall Park. Uh, "Crazy Rich Asians" is another one. "Coming to America," "Deadpool." Mm, Yeah, Deadpool, Love Jones with uh, Nia Long, Love and Basketball is another one. And my final pick, this is num- number seven, Uh, You People. <laughs> Guys, if you have not watched the movie You People on Netflix, okay, with Jonah Hill, Eddie Murphy, Nia Long, <laughs> I mean, Julie Louis-Dreyfus, this movie, all right, is a lot of, like, it's definitely a modern take on, like, interracial uh, dating, you know, but it's in, like, a comedic and satirical uh, fashion. It, it, it almost reminded me a bit of, like, there's a movie from 1967 with uh, Sidney Poitier, God rest his soul. Um, guess Who's Coming to Dinner? And we watched that video, that movie, in my African-American cinema class, which I took my freshman year of university here at uh, University of Bridgeport. And, you know, shout out to Professor Walker Canton. <laughs> and, um, you know, that movie was very like controversial for that time period. I mean, even movies like A Patch of Blue, which I think is a similar premise, came out in 1962, which also stars uh, Sidney Portier. But for 1967, like that was the same year that Loving versus Virginia, I think that that Supreme Court case that pretty much made it illegal for any state to deny a couple the right to marry on the basis of race. So, and there's actually, I think HBO did a movie about about that called called Loving. So, this film is not that okay. <laughs> I mean, it's a comedy. There are some serious moments, but it definitely does kind of send a you know positive message about like interracial dating and like when you are a member of one race and you learn you know about another race another group of people you know you learn all this stuff about another group of people that you were maybe naive to you didn't know about beforehand don't parade it don't like you know rub it in their face or anything all right you know they're they're, they're not like you know and i say this from a purely neutral standpoint because i because i personally feel that uh you know racism can happen like not just to people of color not just to african americans like myself you know i i mean this in a very neutral sense for anyone who's a member of any race because i think it is possible for even my own people for you know us african americans or you know foundational black americans whatever you want to call us It is possible for us to be racist and to be ignorant to other groups of people as well and maybe it's different in this movie because uh, jonah hill's character is jewish so you know he's white but you know he's jewish as well and so um yeah it, it sends a message about like when you meet someone from another race and you learn all this stuff all this great stuff about that group of people and their culture don't make it seem like they're not human or that they're not regular people. Like there's some specimens. I mean, this is exactly the kind of rhetoric that was used like in Hollywood, like you, you know, in Hollywood. I mean, if you go back to like Disney as well, I mean, you know, I mean, if you, if you even go, go back to, you know, a lot of Disney's early cartoons were very, very racist, very not politically, very politically incorrect. You know, very racist towards numerous groups of people and so i think uh, for modern day audiences or just people in general you know do not make someone of another race feel like they're different you know this idea of the other we have to destroy this we have to destroy the idea of the other of us and them and this is something that Hasan Minhaj brought up in his 2017 Netflix stand-up special, *Homecoming King*. He had this whole bit where he believes, where he said how we have to destroy this idea of the other, of you know, there's them, you know, of like, oh, I'm black, they're white, or they're Asian, or they're Latino. There's us and there's them, you know, they're differently. You know, you know, stop. So destroy the idea of the other. And don't look at someone differently simply because they, simply because you have two different skin tones or you don't speak the same language. You know, because at the end of the day, we're all human, we're all people. So, uh, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I mean, wow, I mean, I've, I've actually never really like, uh, riffed about like, race racism in society or anything but this this just goes to show you the the power of cinema you know the 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 power of cinema i can only imagine what a movie like you people would have been like if this movie came out in 1967 in addition to guess who's coming to dinner which was controversial 1967 a lot of white audiences did not uh, did not like uh guess who's coming to dinner uh you know but yeah, I highly recommend that you guys check out those those movies that I that I talked about. Um, Crazy Rich Asians, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, um, You People, Psst. you know, you 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 People. I mean, e- even even just that title, guys. <laughs> um. So yeah, I mean, those are my picks for Valentine's Day. Uh, if you guys um. I apologize if you guys hear any um, background laughter. I'm (laughs) currently in the podcast recording studio um, that we have on campus, and they're having like a lunch and learn or something outside. So, but um, anyway, you guys might have seen I posted a reel on Instagram of like my go-to Black History Month documentaries and docu-series. Uh, The first one was 1619 Project, which I've been watching on Hulu, and it's based off of the book 1619 Project by Nicole Hannah. Hold on, Uh, Nicole Hannah Jones, she's a journalist who wrote the book 1619 Project, and she's also the one doing the one in the documentary. Docu series on Hulu, so, so yeah, it's about it's about slavery. It's about sixteen nineteen, and how that's the year that the first African slaves were traded here to the United States, where I'm located, and how not just our system of capitalism. Like I, the last episode I watched was about how capitalism is literally based off of slavery, um, and how there's modern day slavery. Capitalism pretty much is the modern day slavery in in, in a way and uh, Amazon unions and workers unions. And I know some of you are listening from outside the United States and think the statistics were like, there's a, there's more unions in countries like uh, the United Kingdom and Ireland and uh, you know Germany. Like I, I noticed some of my listeners are, are located out in Germany. Shout out to you guys. Like in the United States, we don't really have workers unions. We have like some of the stingiest like Medicare policies, healthcare to this day is not a right. That is not a right that we have here in the United States. That's like guaranteed by the government. So, so I mean, 1619 Project, it talks about that. It talks about music, you know, it talks about really a a lot of things. Talks about like democracy and voting and how really black people in America have had the right to vote for less than a century. So, I mean, so yeah, I mean, 1619 Project. Check that one out. Check out Amend the Fight for America, which is a docu-series from two years ago. Um, yes, it's hosted by Will Smith. You know, Despite what any of you may think about him, I still think that he is an amazing, uh, wonderful human being who may have made some mistakes in the past. But um, check out that docu-series It deals with the 14th Amendment and how that was the beginning of the new constitution. It specified what makes you a U.S. citizen, what gives you equal protection. Now, equal protection under the law, like the 14th Amendment, it was used not just in the civil rights movement, it was used during the fight for women's suffrage, it was used during the fight for marriage equality in this country, the fight for reproductive rights, the fight for um interracial marriage they all claimed equal protection under the 14th amendment and it's got a lot of you know familiar faces you know you know most of you even whether if you're listening here in the United States or you're abroad it's probably got a bunch of celebrities who you have seen on screen whether it be on television or in movies so it's got a lot of familiar faces and they deal with a lot of different topics so check out amend the fight for America." Uh, check out that. Check out 13th. Uh, 13th focuses more on the, more on how, when slavery was abolished and, and how the prison system is pretty much the modern day slavery, legal slavery. It's like, okay, you know, forced enslavement is illegal, but then loophole was like the grandfather clause of like, once you're incarcerated, then, you know, 13th Amendment doesn't really apply. And I watched that documentary, gosh, maybe back in like 2017. And it talks about the war on drugs and the crack epidemic. And if you want more on that time period, check out the documentary Crack, which is on Netflix. You know, Crack, I think the tagline is like corruption. And so So yes, and yes, you know, the the CIA and the US government, they put crack into the black neighborhoods. And, you know, it, it was just a whole mess. It was a huge, huge, huge mess. You know, really, I think that's probably one of the, one of America's biggest uh, em- embarrassments. You know, slavery, the crack epidemic, and, you know, this is why I'm in favor of reparations, actually. And I know we don't, We I, I, I haven't really talked about topics like this on my podcast. We've been, we've been mainly movies and TV shows, but you have to understand that, you know, movies and, you know, the the me the medium of, you know, film and even TV, there's 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 power in that. It's like what are we supposed to learn? What are we supposed to take back into our reality? You escape you escape your own your own reality and go live in someone else's reality for like two hours. What do you take back into back into your world, back into the real world? You know? I think it's important that all of us educate ourselves, watch these documentaries, check out these docu series. Um, you know, it's a bit of entertainment, a lot of information. Even movies like uh, "Do the Right Thing" or "School Days." You know, they end with a call to action to fight oppression, to end racism, end white supremacy. So. So, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Black History Month, I celebrate Black History Month every month. And um, I think you all should too. You know, Black History is American history, and it should be taught as such. And I, I mean, you guys, the listeners, let me know if you guys want me to review uh, any Spike Lee films, any you know films that deal with those kinds of topics so you know definitely let me let me know and (laughs) i know this 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 segment has really kind of i i don't i don't usually talk about this stuff and maybe i'll talk more about it in in future episodes might have come here for one thing and ended up (laughs) getting something totally uh something totally different not sorry and um yeah and i think uh we should all take time to uh, educate ourselves on not just your culture but other cultures as well and be nice to each other out there don't treat someone like their other like they're some specimen some exotic animal all right. Be respectful. So yeah, I mean, <laughs> if you make it to if you made it to the end of this video, it, oh, my bad. If you made it to the end of this uh, podcast. Of yeah, made it to the end of this episode. I greatly appreciate it. Leave us a like. Um, leave us a five star review wherever you're listening from. Turn on your post notifications because I drop a new episode. Um, every Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern time, and you don't want to miss out. Uh, follow me on Instagram at Future Mechanical Engineer, and follow Cops Corner Podcast on Instagram and TikTok. I will talk to all of you in the next episode. Peace. Hold on, hold on, everybody. I know I already, like, ended today's episode, but I just remembered that the live stream that I did with Comic Boys, uh, Nerd Dose, Lights Camera Rant, and uh, Stark Wars. The live stream that we all did a few weeks back where we did our Fantasy Movie League draft, that video is now available on the Comic Boys YouTube channel. And I will put a link to that in the description Thanks again, everyone, for listening to this episode from beginning to end. Uh, I know we talked about a lot. I hope you all enjoyed your stay here at Cops Corner. I will talk to all of you in the next episode. Peace.